0: I'm Warren Berkeley, coming to you through the Laurel Heights Church of Christ website, McAllen, Texas. Our intention remains to give you what the Word of God says. With such clarity and challenge, you will understand it and want to become engaged as one who is obedient to God. We invite you to share these recordings, tell your friends, and seek out those who teach only God's Word. Our website is open 24-7. Just pull up your computer, tablet, or any connected device and enter lhmackallen.org. We are also live on Facebook every Sunday at 1030 and 5 o'clock. In this sermon, our subject will be introduced by a statement made by Jesus in Mark 14, 38. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let's talk about temptation. When you are moving away from God, when people or thoughts or circumstances or your own internal neglect are pushing you over towards sin, The Bible calls that process temptation. Jesus' statement puts us on alert to pray and be watchful. He wants us to be on the alert to what we are thinking, what people are saying to us, and the various influences that are around us and reach us, sometimes in very subtle forms. We need to be able to discern the danger we need to be able to see the bait in the trap. If I want to be right with God, I have to be alert and disciplined about the approach of temptation. And so in this sermon, I'm going to offer an approach that may help us see when we are about to be tempted or discover that there is an area in life We need to be very cautious about four temptation zones. That's my subject, four temptation zones. Temptation zone number one is direct, specific invitation to sin. I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter one, beginning at verse eight. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, Let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessor. So sometimes temptation is not hard to identify at all. Sometimes there is no subtlety, no gradual pressure. Sometimes it is a direct invitation to sin. And that's the case in this description in Proverbs chapter 1. A father wants his son to know that there will be times when people will just come out and say it. Let's go do something wrong. And the enticers will accompany the invitation with all sorts of promises. We shall find precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Come on, let's have some fun. Let's ambush somebody and hurt them and rob them. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. The father says to his son, when you hear that kind of talk, excuse yourself from those companions, and be very clear, do not consent. See, sometimes the zone of temptation is bold. It's a direct invitation to sin. Not always, perhaps for some of us seldom, but I think for our young people, this may happen with some frequency, and it may sound something like this. It may be this bold. Let's get drunk. And like the enticement in Proverbs 1, the invitation is always accompanied by promises that are empty in terms of real benefit. Let's get drunk. It will be so much fun. You will be like the rest of us. You will be uninhibited. You will be robust and charming like the people in the beer commercials. The drinkers who extend this invitation will not bring up vomit, or headaches, or falling down, or crashing your car, or saying things you later regret. The enticers will not speak of your relationship with God being impacted, or the biblical requirement of sobriety. No, they will extend the invitation which will be offered in the context of promises that are nothing but lies. The Father says to the Son, Do not consent. Zone number one is the direct invitation to sin. Remember, Jesus said, watch and pray. Temptation zone number two, I'm going to call it. You ask for it. And I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter five, verses one through 14. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life Her ways wander, and she does not know it. And now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors, Go to the house of a foreigner, and at the end of your life you groan, when your flesh and body are consumed, and you say, how I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. That's Proverbs 5, 1 through 14. When I was in the military, at every base, posted in conspicuous places, and announced by our superiors, a list of establishments, or in some cases entire areas, of a civilian community, off limits. The sergeant at roll call would sometimes go over the list and warn us of consequences especially on a Friday if we were off on the weekend. In Louisville, Kentucky, a whole section of the downtown area at the end of 4th Street was off-limits to military personnel stationed at Fort Knox. And the MPs would be on patrol there, and if a soldier crossed the line into the forbidden area and an MP saw him, automatic pickup, back to the base, written up, and disciplined. But do you know what happens sometimes, in fact, many times? A soldier without moral discipline and without regard to the rules would get that off-limits list and make the rounds in that area on purpose. He knew what was offered in those places, and the off-limits list was like his to-do list. Those guys always wound up in trouble because they sought out trouble. They desired the risk, the lust of the flesh. They were proud of their licentiousness and moral abandon. The father, in Proverbs, is giving his son the off-limits list to protect him against trouble and heartache and sin. You know, sometimes we just walk right into temptation. We discover where it is and we go there. We ask for it. We want the experience. Even if we know or anticipate there may be some risk or regret, we just ask for it, walk into it, always away from God. Psalms chapter 1 says, Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way with sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Jesus tells us, to watch and pray temptation zone number three companionship that corrupts you've heard this before, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals first corinthians fifteen thirty three it is understood. You cannot live in a cave. You cannot go to work and have only Christian co-workers. You cannot live in a neighborhood of all Christians. And you cannot force all your relatives to be baptized and live right. Paul understood that. I know he did because he wrote back in 1 Corinthians 5 that you cannot go out of the world. But here's a valid question for every Christian. Who are you going to be close to? Who do you admire? Who will you spend a lot of time with? Who helps you go to heaven? Reality is some people you cannot really get close to because of their hostility to your Father. Some people will not help you go to heaven. Some people will, in subtle ways, engineer compromises that will take you away from God now and forever. Jesus said, watch and pray. Paul states a fact to be reckoned with, bad company ruins good morals. Temptation zone number four, gradual neglect. Hebrews 2, 1 to 4. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So you may never experience a direct invitation to sin, as I described before. Come on, let's get drunk. Nobody at this stage in my life asked me to visit a nightclub or get drunk. You may never venture into a restricted zone or have bad companions. You may be very good at identifying and steering your life away from these first three temptation zones. But what about this one? Drifting. Neglecting the development of your faith gradually over a long period of time. Just not being as zealous and attentive as you once were as a disciple of Christ. And it happens very slowly, not praying, no Bible reading, backing away from full participation in the local church, a few compromises along the way, one day you realize being a Christian just doesn't mean that much to you anymore. What a sad day. To have the most valuable gift you can have from God, salvation, And then slowly drift away from Him, perhaps to wake up in torment. Jesus said, Watch and pray. If you think you are drifting, the way out of that zone is confession and urgent recommitment to spiritual growth. I don't mean you just slowly fall back into faithfulness. No, it has to be definitive when you make that U turn. If you have drifted away from the Lord, Once you confess it and repent of it, with the greatest kind of urgency, you must commit yourself to immediate steps of growth. In your attendance, your attitude of worship, your involvement in prayer, your discipline of Bible reading and study, and your service to others. I do not allege that I have said everything that could be said about temptation in this sermon but I hope I've helped us see it coming. Sometimes through direct, bold invitation. In other cases, we asked for it. We went to that zone. Friends, perhaps, led us away from God. Or over time, we were just negligent about our faith and discipleship, and we just drifted away. I want you to turn to James chapter 4, something I brought up Last Sunday night, I'm going to bring up again James 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. And your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. If you want to resist the devil and draw near to God, you can, and I believe you will. We ought to pray for one another in this regard. We ought to help each other watch for these zones of temptation where we can be taken away from God. If we're not careful, and faithful, and determined to draw near to God. Thank you for listening.